Amen. And thank you, Stephen. And welcome. We're so glad that you're here. I extend a welcome also. We're so grateful to have so many of you who are joining us from all over the city, really around, across the nation, around the world. Uh, you may be one of 11,000 or so we had that, that uh, came, joined us on Easter Sunday or clicked on it along the way somewhere in the mix. But we're having kind of record crowds, which I guess is understandable. But uh, we're so grateful that you are with us today. And if you're new, and not just to, to our, our platform here, our church, but if you're new to you know God or still searching what the scriptures teach us, new to the Bible or Jesus, just know this, we're all on a journey. So you've come to the right place. And I hope that you'll listen in today because I have a message I think that's gonna be helpful very pragmatic as I try to shepherd us a little bit here at the beginning. And then we're going to jump into God's Word and a message of hope for you today that I think could be life-changing. You see, the question everybody's asking now is, when is this thing going to end? Uh, I'm in communication constantly with a group of pastors and church leaders, and, and we, we're hearing from our mayor, from others, even this week, who are talking about, hey, it looks like over the next couple of weeks uh, or sooner, we're going to see a peak. Uh, in this whole thing all about flattening the curve, right? A term we didn't even know about a month ago or so. But um, what's happening is over the next couple of weeks, it seems we're going to see us reach a peak. Now we can say that's fantastic, but we know that's horrific. That means peak is the highest number of people who are who are dying or, or who have died or, or who have the, the, the virus. And, and so it's a horrible thing. Uh, and it also means that now, uh, by definition, half the cases come after the peak. So we are in a really difficult season right now, and we've got a long, long way to go. I just uh, heard uh, and spoke to a friend of mine this week and prayed with him. He lost both of his parents uh, over the past 10 days to the coronavirus. And so my commitment to you, to us all, as the shepherd, the first task of a shepherd is to take care of the sheep, the safety of the sheep. So we've made a decision along with lay leaders helping me out here. We're not good. We're going to continue to come uh, from our homes. And that's very limiting uh, for us. So we understand that. So we're grateful for patience along the way. Uh, we will, you know, as restrictions are loosened, we'll be able to expand our worship and and kind of get back to normal, if you will, as we move forward. Today, I want to talk, though, in spiritual terms, we don't want to go back to normal. Uh, I want to talk about normal up against the new normal. Everybody talks about the new normal. But what I want, to, I want you to see today is that God is always about the new normal, the new thing. In fact, last week we said, hey, you are accepted. This week we're going to look at the truth that you are new. We're going to look at how God regenerates, how he transforms our hearts and makes us new creation. And if you're new to Christianity, you don't fully understand how does that work. We're going to talk about that today. But first, let me just shepherd us through uh, some things here uh, as, I, as I want to guide us as we walk together. Maybe you're with family, you're with friends, you have loved ones that you can talk with. But I want to talk about the fact that we have been through a crisis. We're in a crisis. And a crisis means several things. It means that we've been disrupted. It means we've been disoriented. It means that it could be discouraging. I think it's all of those things for us. One of the things that I think's happened is that we have, uh, how about this? We've been, uh, our mental map has been annihilated. You know, a mental map is, is what helps you to know how to get from one place to the next. You could form a map in your mind 
and know how to get to church or you can you can figure out how to go into the kitchen you know and get some ice cream and go back to your favorite chair you know or something doing a lot of that these days but uh it, it's a mental map that helps bring some structure and order into your life all of those have been blown out of the water and this is what happens this is why children need a routine they have a certain mental map that helps them know what's happening but that has completely you know been disrupted annihilated blown out of the water and so so what do we do with that right crisis eliminates uh, three things one is your connections and we've been created to connect with God and with each other it's been kind of undone not our connection with God but connection with others that's real challenging, particularly if you live alone. I was talking to one of our single adults who lives alone, and it's a very difficult time, challenging time. So uh, it eliminates, annihilates our connection. It, it eliminates uh, our routines, our schedules. If you're like me, I have a certain schedule through the week. It's all out of whack, right? I have a new normal, if you will. And then it also has annihilated our control. Um, and of course, that's why we, we need to have a schedule and a routine because we're no longer in control. And as Americans in particular, uh, we want to control our lives. We want freedom to control our lives. And so now we're seeing people, you know, we're protesting. They're free to demand that we have more freedom, right, is what's happening. And so we're, we're really wondering what is going to happen and where are we heading. But I want to challenge you with this. What is God doing in your life in this season? I'm fascinated by what God's doing in my heart. In these days, as we walk through this together, because I'm believing that he's doing a great work as we turn to him, as we pursue him in these days. Uh, and it's also helping us to see what kind of disciple am I? I talk about it often. You know, it's possible to go to church every week uh, and not follow Jesus every day. Well, well, now, see, the more Sunday centric your faith is, the more frustrating this time is going to be for you. Uh, it's going to be like a spiritual desert. But if you're following Jesus every day, intimately walking with him, I want to ask you, honestly, are you praying intentionally every day? Are you in communion with him? Are you, are you walking with him? Are you in his word, seeking truth every day? See, if not, this has got to be a frustrating time for you. The Lord wants to speak into your heart every single day. But let's acknowledge that we have lost a lot. And I can't wait to get back and be with people I love. I miss you, and I long to be back together, but there is great grief in this, and grief demands a process that we come, come through it and do it together. So before we get to the text, you can grab your Bible, turn to Ephesians, in, in fact, but as we're turning there, I want to I just shepherd us, uh, continue to think through this with me. Because I've been fascinated by the, by the you know, steps that we walk folks with through grief uh, also align with what we're kind of walking through here. Because with grief, first there's this denial. We kind of entered into that too. We said early on, hey, this is not snow day with the kids. This is like a blizzard. I mean, this is like, it's not, a, not, a, not an ice age, but it is a long period of time that we're walking through this. And then we see that there's panic. That was another um, you know, thing we saw. We're all buying toilet paper, right? There's a great panic. Then, then somewhere in the mix, there's anger, often attached to grief because we, things aren't normal anymore. Uh, maybe you're like me. I've been living with, at times I recognize, kind of a low-grade frustration uh, that can come out. You know? and, and, and we all, I think, wrestle with, this is not the way things ought to be. 
Well, then there's also depression somewhere in the mix, right? That can be a stage. And I want to say to you, if you're, if you're depressed or you're, you're feeling isolated, you're not alone. And we want to help you. In fact, you can call our telecounseling number and we can help guide you and lead you. We want to help. In, in a stage somewhere along the way, I feel that a lot of people are just bored. Boredom can be a part of the process, but even that can lead to depression. But finally, there comes acceptance. You know, this is real. And we're going to be at this for some time to come. And then ultimately, the final stage is hope, which, which includes hope-filled action. I was able to join uh, many of our members, folks who were driving by this week, and I was with our crew who were taking sandwiches uh, by the hundreds uh, to Cornerstone. Many of us have kicked into action, you know, to say, what can I do to utilize this time to serve others who are in need? And you all have done a great job. So way to go, church family. It has been amazing. But I want you to consider this, too. When you bring the biblical narrative into this current you know, moment, this story that we find ourselves in, we see that God brings hope, even in our despair. He, he turns uh, chaos into creation, all the way back to Genesis 1. That's where he does his best work. But then we turn away from him. He keeps calling us back. It's almost like what we're walking through here is is showing us. God is calling us out. He turns our mourning into dancing. He's he's doing this, friend. Hang in there. He he turns uh, our, our ashes, you know, into beauty. He, he, he gives, gives beauty for ashes. He, he turns our shame into glory. He, he, he turns graves into gardens. I mean, he's always doing this transformational work and only he can do that. So I'm so glad that you're here today to join us. And we're going to talk about now what it means to, to enter into a new normal. And so I want you to grab your Bible. You can turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Because a lot of us, you know, what do you want your new normal to be? And some of us would say, I just want, I'm going to go back to the way it was. And that's going to be very challenging for you. Because God is always doing a new thing. And so spiritually speaking, God doesn't want us to be normal. He wants us to continue to move forward with Him. And so you are new. And He is making you new if you have received his grace. We're going to talk about that. So look at Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to talk about this thing, regeneration. All right. Last week we talked about propitiation, a big word that means uh, Jesus became our atoning sacrifice. Today we're going to talk about regeneration, which really means to recreate. Regeneration is what we see uh, even in biology, you might remember. It's, it's like uh, when, a, when an organism can, can form new tissue. Uh, it's like a lizard where his tail, you know, f- breaks off for some reason and he grows it back. A starfish grows more arms. Like if it breaks one, it uh, comes off. It grows arms. And, and we see this, but even in our spiritual lives, this is even more dramatic. It's even more amazing. It's a miracle how God changes our hearts. This is the regeneration of the heart. Look at how it happens. Um, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, we'll be Ephesians in a moment. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. That's where he says it. He's, he's regenerated, a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. New normal comes with Christ. So look at what it says here in chapter 2 of Ephesians, beginning with verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Now, I want you to, I want to pause there. This is our normal state. This is normal, dead in our sin. And, and, and Paul is not using a metaphor here. 
This is who we are. Spiritually, we're dead apart from Him. Apart from Christ, regenerating, all right? Restarting our hearts, giving us a new heart, is how the Scriptures put it. Uh, we're dead in our sin. And what do dead people do? Well, they stay dead. We need rescue. Look at verse 2. Following the course of this world, he describes what dead looks like. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is at work uh, in the sons of disobedience. I can say daughters as well. He's, you know, while we've been walking through the book of Mark this week, I've been amazed at how much Jesus entered right away. He enters into uh, spiritual warfare. Right away, he's tempted by the devil. Right away, he enters into folks who are oppressed by demons, who are spiritually oppressed or, or even demonic possession. And Jesus confronts this because, you see, friends, we have this spiritual realm that's at work. Don't miss this. We're battling against things that we cannot see. But this is normal. This is the normal human condition, is living out this kind of life. It's the air we breathe and we don't even know it. We grow immune to it, we could say. Even our best acts of love are, are tainted with evil desires. So even our best acts, the Bible says, uh, that we're trying to do good, are mixed up with, with uh, sinful motives. So here's what I want you to see. The first thing I want you to see today is this. A new normal is impossible without God. It's not just unlikely or improbable. It's impossible. And yet Satan wants to trick us to think that if we can get into fix-it mode again, I can do this. I, I, I can work my way towards something. I can take control of my life. See, here's the thing. God is doing a new work in us. But as we find ourselves in the wilderness, all right, as we find ourselves sequestered, you know, sheltering, quarantined away from, from life and friends and other things we do, that can also lead to incredible temptation. I know that many are struggling in, in, in our homes with, with relationships. Maybe we're not so kind to one another as we're just closed in. And I just want to say again, just offer a lot of grace. Uh, just read the fruit of the Spirit. Be patient, kind, and loving. You know, another thing I'm seeing is they say that, that domestic violence has gone up as a result of the sheltering. Pornography uh, is on the rise during sheltering. I know that also uh, alcoholism is being revealed. Friends, listen, now's the time for you to seek help and to talk about these things. Some of you need to take your alcohol, frankly, and just pour it down the drain. You need to be done with it because it's leading to all kinds of trouble in your life. This is a time for us to get serious and to see that this is normal, this sinful habit, this sinful life that we live in. But I want you to, I want you to agree with me. I don't want to be normal. I don't want to live that way. I want the Holy Spirit to do a work in me. Here's what I want for you as your pastor. I want you to come back stronger. I want us to come back together uh, more in love with Jesus, more in love with Him so we can love each other even more. Let's, let's step out of our selfishness and, and be more generous. Maybe that's for some of me. Kinder, gentler, not judgmental. Uh, and joyful, whatever comes our way, we need to know that we need to get out of this normal. So look at this. Secondly, a new normal is possible because of God. He's the one who makes this possible. You know, every great story of a transformation, every testimony, if you have one, really begins or, or there's a shift that takes place with two words, but God. And here's what we see in verse four, but God 
being rich in mercy because of, of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, normal, dead, tres, in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. We were dead. And he steps in and he makes us new. This is the whole point of the resurrection. God doesn't want us to remain dead. He wants us to be alive in him so that we can live with him forever. Consider the parable we find ourselves in, this analogy of being quarantined. We're closed up in our homes. We've been feeling restricted, trapped, helpless, even non-essential. We're closed up, cocooned. Can I say it? Entombed. We, I mean, we're, it's like we're the condition of our souls in the normal place we find ourselves in before Christ does this regenerative work. We, we're closed in. We, we long for a day when we don't have to social distance anymore. I can't wait to see you face to face. I'm tired of screens. You're tired of seeing me on a screen. I want to be with you and I long for the day, but it's like the longing that, we, that he's given in our hearts today. Not only for a way that it used to be, you know, back to the garden when there was no sin before the fall. There's this, this foreshadowing of, of, of glimpses of glory to come. What we really long for is a new heaven and a new earth where we have new bodies, where there is no sin, there's no virus, there's no pandemic, there's no, no COVID-19. That's the new normal ultimately. But he's calling us to live in that even now. Where there's no fear, you know, where there's, there's this distant memory etched in our souls of the way things used to be. It's actually a longing of the way that things are to be. But it begins now. Look at what he says in verse 6. You know, so we've been saved by grace. But then look at this. And raised us up. He's raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And this is the only story there is, friends. There's not a story where you're the hero. There's not a story of self-actualization. I'm going to work hard and get better. There's none of that. And some of us watching right now, we have not died to ourselves and decided that I don't want to live the normal sinful life that I've been living. I want a new normal. The only way this comes is by sacrificing, giving your whole life to the Lord. Look at verse 7. So that, why has he done this? So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. See, there's not going to be a day where we're going to be, well, look at what I did. I'm the hero of my own story. No. The whole point is, He changes us so that He gets the glory. We become trophies of His grace. He's going to, he's going to say it later. We're like His artwork on display, and we just say, look at how great God is. I love that. So He's going to show them the, the immeasurable riches of His grace. I love how, how the Lord takes us and he, he saves us. Look at verse, verse 8. For by grace you've been saved, he says it again, and it's through faith, not your good works. And this is not your own doing. It's a gift from God. This is why you must receive it. And many of you watching me right now, you've not received the grace of God. He goes on, he says, it's not a result of works. If it hadn't been clear, he says, so that none, no one can boast. See, a new normal is made possible only by God. And so we've got to surrender our life before him. And when we do, he makes us new. And I praise God that he, he has made me new. See, this, the primary storyline we talked about last week, in our lives, the primary storyline in my life, I am a beloved son of God. 
I am in him. Brandon, uh, Brennan Manning, he writes this in his book, uh, Abba's Child. Define yourself radically as beloved by God. This is the true self. See, every other identity is an illusion. Friends, if you've not come to that, you've got to. Once you know who you are, you're able then to realize my heart has been captured by, by the explosive power of a new affection. It's his love that transforms us. It's his love that turns us to him. And it's his love, listen, it's his mercy, understanding his love that allows me to say no to sin and temptation that comes my way. Satan comes at us and he says, hey, you want some of this? And because of the love of Christ, we're like, that? No, I don't want that. Look at what I've got. Why would I want that? You got nothing better than that, Satan? Not today. I'm done with you because I already have all I need. Is that the best you've got? See, when when you're captured by the love of God, then you're able to say no to lesser things. Henry Nouwen said it this way in his book, Spiritual Direction. From the moment we claim the truth of being the beloved, we are faced with the call to become who we are. I love that. See, even the Christian life is not working towards something we're not yet. It's becoming who we already are. We receive Christ. I've been made new by him. And now I'm going to live that out. And it's following the way of Jesus. So what is it that he's made us to be or to do? Look at verse 10. He tells us, for we are his workmanship. There's that word poema. It's the word poem. We are, we're an artwork is what he's saying. We are his artwork created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has a calling on your life. Long before you were born, he knew you would be born and he knew he had a plan for your life. But too often we try to run from God, but he keeps wooing us in. But here's what I want you to see. A new normal is possible and you can live out the new normal. See, a new normal is possible because he's regenerated, he's recreated your heart. He, he alone can do this. See, the biblical story is there, there is a virus. It's called sin. And Christ alone has the antibodies running in his, in, his, in his life, in his body that he gives to us. And in his spirit, infuses, transfuses, the word theologically, imputes his righteousness into us. As if he's given us a new heart, new blood pumping in our veins. And now we overcome because he has overcome. We can overcome sin. We can live a new life. We can do what he's called us to do. We're gifted to serve him. So let me ask you, what do you want? Do you want to stay in a normal life? See, a normal life is a life for those who have no courage. Instead, he's calling us out. Normal is the way to death. But when he calls us to a new normal, he also gives us the power and the grace and the gifting to actually live it out. He turns normal things into beautiful things and he turns graves into gardens he turns death into life and he wants to do that in your life right now today so what i want to do is close our time in prayer and i want you to just um offer your palms up like this just as an act of of uh of grace before the Lord, receiving His grace. And I want to pray over you. So just sitting there right in your own home, wherever you might be, just put your palms up. And sure enough, bow your head and close your eyes. 
And I just want to pray. I want you to just prompt you to pray. Just say, Lord, I give you. I give you my life. I give you all that it is. I give you my sin. I give you my my addictions. I give you my idols. I, I lay them before you. All that is normal, sinful, broken in me, I give it to you. And now with my palms up, my heart open, I receive the new normal. Lord, change me. And if, friend, if you've never received Christ right now, Lord, I give you my life by faith, not my works. I've got nothing to bring. I give you my life. Lord, make me the person you've created me to be. And I'll live for you. And Lord, show me how you want me to serve you. Thank you. You've given me the gifts. You're a calling. You've enabled me to do all that you've called me to do. I give you my life. Lord, thank you that you turn graves into gardens. You're the only one who can. We give our lives to you as an act of worship in all we do. Even as we worship you now. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.